0: our
1: gender future. Hey everybody, it's 2021, finally, and I've got a question for you. How will gender norms change in this coming decade, in the 2020s? That is the question that I posed to you, dear listener, yesterday, and a few people have already chimed in whom we'll hear from at the end of this episode And you can join the conversation on Facebook where we are at History of Sex Pod. I would love to hear your ideas. Meanwhile, I want to give you a few of my thoughts to further inspire you. These are just a handful of possibilities, maybe likely, maybe not, I don't know. If I could predict the future, I would be a far richer man. So take these for what it's worth, but here are my top five predictions for gender norm changes to come in the 2020s. That's what we're talking about today. I'm BT Newberg, and this is the history of sex. History of Sex is sponsored by Dr. Jillian Kenny, historian of women, sex and magic in medieval Europe. I'd like to thank our Patreon patron Jamie Broderick for making this episode possible.
0: Welcome to the future.
1: The future is bright, folks, because it can't get any darker than 2020 was, at least fingers crossed. All right, so in yesterday's episode, I asked you what changes to gender norms you think might be coming by the end of this decade. And I asked that in the particular context of the turmoil that we've already seen in the first year of this decade. 2020 has seen medical, economic, racial, and political turmoil, and that may really shake things up in ways that we could not have predicted even just one year ago. And to give further context, I cited the example of how the turmoil of World War I led to the rise of the Roaring Twenties Flapper Girl, because, just to review, however innocuous and trivial she may seem to us today, she was anything but at the time. The Flapper Girl was the radical punk of her day, challenging traditional forms of femininity in ways that terrified the normies they all said that she was being masculine when in hindsight we can see today that no actually she was discovering a new way to be feminine and we saw that in our previous episode entitled flapper girls versus nazi octomoms <laughs> where in the case of germany we saw how the turmoil of world war 1 led directly to die neue Frau, the new woman, which included as its primary representative, the flapper girl. And we saw how the conservative backlash against her led the rising Nazi party to fashion their ideal woman as her exact opposite. Where the flapper was straight as a board, the Nazi woman would be curvy. Where the flapper wore heavy makeup, the Nazi woman would wear none at all, and so on. Go back and listen to that for the whole story, if you like. Now, there are some interesting differences between how the flapper arose in America versus the case in Germany, which I hope to get into in a future episode that is in its planning stages, where I'm collaborating with another podcaster to bring that story to you, a little teaser there for you. But for now, my only point here is that turmoil can spell big changes for gender expression. And we've had no shortage of turmoil in the opening of this decade. All right. So with that context in place, here are my top five predictions for the changes we may see to gender norms in the decade of the 2020s. This is our gender future.
0: Prediction number five.
1: All right, counting down from number five. Domestic work will finally be valued. With so many more people working from home, and with that pattern expecting to continue to a high degree even after the pandemic, so many more people working from home, including men, and so many people out of work, including men, maybe this will be the decade when all the traditionally female labor of maintaining the home, including child care will actually get recognized by men and given its proper due. I mean, it's already kind of recognized, right? But it, it really falls short when you start to drill down into it. For example, is being a stay-at-home parent something you would ever consider putting on a resume? Probably not. But why not? Why shouldn't it? There are skills that are honed that might be quite relevant to many employers, many different work roles. But I don't see that being recognized right now. More likely, your time at home just kind of looks like a gap in your work history on a resume. And that kind of highlights a way in which we still really fall short on this measure. So perhaps the coming decade will finally see the day when full-time parenting will become a fully recognized form of valued labor.
0: Prediction number four. Alright,
1: number four we will have a female or gay president of the United States. Now, I know other countries are way ahead of us. They've already had one or both of these in many different countries. Uh, We're kind of behind the game. But for us, it would be a game changer. Now, I don't want to promote identitarian politics just for its own sake, You know, as if sex or orientation should be the only or even the main thing to consider? Obviously not. The person must be qualified and the right person for the job. But that said, there are plenty of qualified candidates out there who are not straight dudes, okay? (laughs) So, and the example set by such a leader would inspire millions. So, could either 2024 or 2028, the next two presidential election cycles, be the year that finally shakes things up? for the United States presidency. Now, Kamala Harris just became the first female vice president-elect this year, not to mention the first black VP-elect and the first Indian VP-elect. And it is very common in American politics for vice presidents to eventually make their way to the Oval Office, like George Bush Sr. or Joe Biden. So perhaps Kamala Harris will be the first woman to finally pull it off. Meanwhile... This year, we also saw a presidential run, not successful, but a run by openly gay candidate Pete Buttigieg, who is now slated for Transportation Secretary in Biden's incoming cabinet. Now, that kind of cabinet position could be seen as padding his resume for his next bid. So could this be the launch pad for a more successful presidential run later this decade? Time will tell. And while we're on the subject, let me just toss in there, what about a trans president? I think maybe within this decade might be a little optimistic for that one, but hey, why not think big, right? So in any case, when it comes to a female or a gay U.S. president, Harris or Buttigieg would be a milestone for gender progress.
0: Prediction number three.
1: All right, next number three, big tech will set trends. Now... This might sound a little outside the realm of gender, but, hear me out, for better or for worse, we have entered the age of big tech. This year we saw some of the first real attempts by government to buck the hitherto unfettered reign of big tech, and we could see more in the future. Social media's influence in the political sphere in particular is currently on trial, but it's putting a spotlight on its influence across all societal spheres and gender could be one that feels that influence now how might big tech change gender i don't know the sci-fi nerd in me wants to imagine a cyborg like integration of human and machine all a robocop but that probably won't happen what's more likely is that big tech companies will wield an outsized sway on the categories with which we approach gender if the data collected by big tech becomes the standard go-to for research and administration in the future, which, given its advantages, it almost certainly will be once we figure out proper regulation and privacy protections and that sort of stuff, figure out what we're comfortable with there. If that happens, then big tech companies will wield enormous influence. They will have the opportunity, for better or for worse, To basically dictate policy on what kinds of gender identity boxes you can check on a list that they're collecting and then other people are then using. They'll be able to dictate what gets promoted or demoted in social media, which gender data is available for academic researchers to study, or for marketers to use in targeting ads, and so on and so on and so on. I know that may sound scary for many listeners because... It is, uh, but for better or for worse, this is likely the future that we are facing. Big tech will set trends across the board and no less in gender.
0: Prediction number
1: two. All right, prediction number two. Conservative gender values will rise. I hate to say it, but I suspect we may be headed into a more conservative period for gender. The pandemic has ravaged the world economy and despite all the stimulus packages and spending and everything else, I just don't think it's going to be enough to offset all that chaos, at least not in the US. I don't know about Europe and other places, but at least in the US, hard times are yet to come. And if there's anything that history has taught me, it's that hard times push people to the right. I don't think it'll be as bad as it was, say, in Weimar, Germany, unless we get a few more 2020-level disasters in there or something. But still, it could be bad for us in the near future. In the United States, the stage is already set for a conservative backlash by the huge number of people who currently believe that this year's election was stolen. And that simmering resentment is going to have consequences. Meanwhile, across the Western world... We've seen a pendulum swing to the left in recent decades with things like gay rights and transgender awareness, America too. And so, globally speaking, the time is ripe for a pendulum swing to the right. Right Right-leaning regimes are already in place across many countries in Europe, and the hard times ahead may only push things further to the right. By the close of the decade, we could see a stark change in the gender dynamic across the Western world. That's just what I think when looking at big trends and patterns. There's usually this back-and-forth swing between extremes, and we might be, currently, swinging in a conservative direction.
0: Prediction number
1: one. Alright, and finally, prediction number one. Youth will rebel. Okay, so this one kind of jumps off from the last one, but looks at it from the other side of the coin. The ascendancy of one side of a big social issue, like gender, usually inspires a counterculture resistance by the other. So, if we do in fact see a rise of conservative gender values, then youth in the 2020s could rebel. We are already seeing a lot more non-binary and gender-fluid expression among our youth, but I wouldn't call it a rebellion, it's not scary the way punks were scary, and thank goodness for that, that's, you know, that means we're doing something right, since youth shouldn't have to rebel, right? But if a conservative paradigm starts constricting their newfound freedoms of gender expression, then they may feel they have no choice but to become scary. No choice but to go on the attack. Now what form will that rebellion take? I don't know, but whatever it is, it's not going to feel safe, and it's going to be unexpected. So we can't really predict it, but here's one possible idea just for the sake of saying ideas. We just saw a transgender awareness breakthrough in terms of mainstream awareness and the rise of terms like non-binary and gender fluid, both of which expand the spectrum of acceptable gender identities. But perhaps the next big thing will go one step further and annihilate that spectrum, full stop. The next big thing may be no gender at all. Perhaps we will see a movement of some who reject gender altogether, not expanding the acceptable gender spectrum as we see today, but absenting themselves from the spectrum completely. Not non-binary, but NA, not applicable. Gender does not apply to me. 404 not found, blue screen of death. (laughs) Now, what would that rebellion look like? Again, I don't know, but music and fashion is often the stage for insurrection, as it was in the past with punks and, yes, even flapper girls. And so... Maybe we will see the rise of an aesthetic inspired by the most non-gendered thing that you can imagine, at least that I can imagine, machines. It's possible there will be some kind of transhuman aesthetic which constellates a complete and utter rejection of gender. I don't know, maybe. I don't know, I'm seeing cyberpunky transistor tattoos and things like that, but that's because that's all I can think of right now. What the youth will come up with will be something that we don't even expect. Because the thing about rebellions is they're always the thing that you least suspect, and that's why they're so effective, because they're so far outside the box of unthinkability. That's why they make your parents drop a brick in their shorts. And hey, I'll be the first to admit that I'm getting to be the age where I'd be the one dropping a brick. My mind might be blown by whatever is coming next. But hey, actually, I'm looking forward to having my mind blown. I'll, I'll drop that brick. <laughs> I want to see what's coming around the bend. <laughs> ¶¶ Well, those are my thoughts. Those are my five predictions, my top five. So what do you think, listener? I, am I on target with these or am I way off base? I want to hear your thoughts and I want to hear your predictions. And I do have some listener responses for you already today. Here are a few. First, Patreon patron Veronica C.R. Washington Ramos says, Significantly more gender-neutral terminology in marketing and clothing is what we'll see. Well, I could definitely see that. And it's interesting to put that in light of our recent interview with Lisa Sellen Davis, author of the book Tomboy, who said that gender-neutral clothing of the 1970s really just meant boys' clothes for girls. You never saw traditionally girlish clothes for boys marketed to boys. So that was kind of like a hmm moment, but perhaps... In the near future, in this coming decade, we will see gender-neutral clothing for real. Maybe? I don't know. Second, patron Elizabeth Finn writes, My sincere hope is that there is more understanding of the differences between biological sex and gender. There will be a decrease in things like gender reveal parties and gender-specific nurseries. I think it's a real shame that as a society, we are often placing societal gender expectations and stereotypes on babies before they are even born, let alone capable of expressing gender identity. Now, I totally get what she's saying there. If gender is not necessarily dependent on biological sex, then it's kind of jumping the gun to have a gender reveal party when the kid is still in utero, isn't it? I mean, the best you can do at that point is a who-knows party and let them express it all in good time. Next, Andre Solo of the website Highly Sensitive Refuge weighs in, suggesting that people will get more used to giving their pronouns as a matter of course, you know, just as a standard business practice, and email etiquette. And, perhaps, some who are not trans may become comfortable with and occasionally use pronouns like they for themselves, even if they are cisgender. You know, cisgender meaning that the the gender assigned at birth is the same as the one that they are comfortable with. So even if they're cisgender, maybe they'll start using the pronoun they. Now, he notes this without necessarily condoning it, as it could be received as progress or it could be received as appropriation, but that's a possibility of something that could happen. Finally, he expects that we might see a greater appreciation for the struggles that men go through, be it striving to be manly or to overcome things like toxic masculinity. And here's a quote from him, talking about the difficulties that men face used to be seen as somewhere in between irrelevant and actively sexist, whereas now, I think... It's getting some acceptance as being important to advancing feminist goals and general well-being for everyone. yeah, I would agree with that. I'd sign up for that, and I hope that we do see a little more of that in the future. Nuanced, yes, but something in that direction. Finally, I asked my wife Rachel what she thought, and she mentioned a few things. She said, well, as a result of more working from home, maybe we'll see things like More unisex clothing, like the pajama craze we're currently seeing. Apparently that's a thing. (laughs) I didn't know that, but yeah, that's a thing. People are buying pajamas like crazy now, I guess. She also mentioned under eye cream for men so that when they roll out of bed onto a Zoom call, they don't look like they've been drinking all night. (laughs) Useful, useful. And lastly, she mentioned working from home might make it more acceptable for women to have armpit hair, you know, with less rigid work attire, translating perhaps more broadly to less rigid stereotypes of what is beautiful and acceptable in general. Huh. Yeah, maybe. And personally, I actually wouldn't mind that too much. I don't really mind armpit hair on women. So who knows? Maybe. Listeners, what do you think? You can give your ideas, join in the conversation on Facebook, where we are at History of Sex Pod. Leave a comment on the episode post for this episode or the last one. I want to hear your ideas. Folks, if you like what we're doing here, you can subscribe, rate, and review, and you can support us on Patreon, where $5 a month gets you a portrait drawn in the time period and culture of your choosing. I will draw you as a transistor-tattooed cyberpunk striding confidently into the year 2021. Or whatever you want. I'll make you look awesome. I promise. Just go to www.patreon.com slash btnewberg. That's patreon.com slash b-t-n-e-w-b-e-r-g. All right, I'll see you next time, folks. Everyone, welcome to the future. Have a great 2021.
0: The future is now.
1: Podcast theme music mixed from tracks by Kevin MacLeod. For additional credits, references, photos, and more, see our website at www.historyofsexpod.com.